0: Sunday, May 26th, the greatest spectacle in racing returns. The Indianapolis 500 on NBC and Peacock. 33 of the world's fastest drivers go head-to-head for a chance to kiss the bricks, taste the milk, and claim their place in racing history. Experience the drama, the pageantry, the tradition. Live from the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, the Indy 500, Sunday, May 26th on NBC and Peacock. Or listen on Sirius XM NBC Sports Channel.
1: With the first jewel claim. Oh,
0: it's a photo of the Derby! Miss the, the race for the Triple Crown erupts into an epic party, the Preakness Stakes, May 18th on NBC and Peacock.
1: I'll get to the point right away. I'm retiring. For good. He's down at the ocean somewhere. I have this vision of. They, they used this device a couple of times in Seinfeld where one of the characters is contemplating a big decision to out deep on a dock and there's seagulls flying around. I, I have this vision that Tom Brady walked out onto a dock somewhere and leaned over and pondered the ocean and finally decided, you know what, screw it, I'm done. There it is. Actually, it's a pier, not a dock. I was wrong in my description of the nautical structure but uh, there he is pondering his life before deciding to pull out his phone and spontaneously record a video that was not pre-recorded at all wink wink it was not contrived or orchestrated at all wink wink it all happened yesterday morning somehow somehow the sun was up wherever he was when he recorded that video in the early morning hours of Wednesday, February one. Anyway, that 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 part of it's weird to me that he created the impression that he did basically roll out of bed, come down to the ocean, pull out his phone right after he made the decision, and recorded that video because there were indications yesterday that didn't happen that it was pre-recorded. So it just it just adds to that element of weird that's kind of floating through all of this, Chris.
0: Well, yeah, it just it's um it's uh well it's for Brady who's been a team selfless kind of guy, I guess, and I don't think this is a bad thing, and I think a lot of humans would fall into this a little bit if you were Tom Brady. It's just become a little bit more... You know, what, what, how do I want to say just it, more self, more, hey, I'm worried about my commercial appeal and my Tom Brady, the corporation. It just seems more planned and contrived than we've ever seen from Tom Brady over the last few years. I think that's what you're speaking about, right? I mean, I think that's what everybody was like. Did he really just like walk over to the beach yesterday and do that? Or like, come on. And uh, yeah, it's it's uh, that's where I think we all scratch our head a little bit because we're not used to seeing him do that as much as he has been lately. And
1: the whole timeline is a surprise to me because I listen to that podcast every week for any nuggets of information that may be useful or relevant for conversation here for items that we post at PFT. And I got the impression, number one, that he wasn't done. When he says after the loss right. to the Browns in late November, I'd rather play and lose than not play at all. And I looked at the remaining schedule and I said, he's only got six games left. Sounds like somebody's going to play. When Rodney Harrison, after interviewing him on Christmas Day in Arizona, says he's going to play for a team other than the Buccaneers next year, in my opinion. Well, where's he getting that from? He's not pulling it out of thin air. He just interviewed Tom Brady, his former teammate, with whom he won Super Bowls. So it was all pointing in that direction. And he said on the podcast that he wasn't thinking about retirement. This was December 26. I'm not thinking about it. I'm going to wait until the season's over. I'm going to take my time. And the next time I do it, it's for good. Well... The video shows up 16 days after his last game. And if he wasn't thinking about it at all, 16 days isn't a lot of time to come to your final decision, especially if you recorded the video at some point before that and you're just carrying it around waiting for the right moment to to initiate the launch sequence of this video. That's, that is part of what doesn't add up to me. And again, again. He's told us in the past he rarely speaks from the heart. He rarely says what he believes, and it may have been all contrived, and he may have known all along he was going to retire, and maybe he did want to create the impression he wasn't, just so people would be talking about it. Yeah, People would be assuming he's going to play. He dominates the conversation, and Chris, my, my wife disagrees with this. She thinks it's dumb that I believe this, but not the first time that's happened, and she's probably right more often than not, but. With that movie coming out tomorrow, that he is not just a guy who shows up and acts in, and it really is a stretch. Yet again, he's playing himself in a movie. I really will be impressed if he plays someone other than himself at some point. The movie has his name in it, and he's one of the producers. He's got skin in the game. He's got cash on the line. The more people are talking about Tom Brady, Tom Brady, Tom Brady, Tom Brady this week As the all-important opening weekend, that first weekend of a movie's release is critical. Critical! Yeah. Coincidental timing. Perfect timing. Strategic timing. Yeah. To get free publicity and promotion for this movie where, hey, you know, he took a bath last year on FTX if you didn't... If you didn't notice, he's got got to build back the portfolio a little bit. He wants his movie to do well. He wants to have this launch pad. You know, look at what Peyton Manning's done with Omaha Productions. I think Tom Brady's realizing, I got some work to do to catch up with Peyton. And he's got this Hollywood thing in mind. He needs this movie to do well. So if he's going to retire anyway, Chris, I'm not saying he retired, that it's a fake retirement again to promote the movie. I'm saying if he's going to retire anyway, why not? Why not build maximum buzz? Heading into opening weekend of this movie. That frankly looks like it sucks. I'm sorry. Convince me otherwise. It looks like it's not good. But it doesn't matter whether it's good or not. There's plenty of bad movies that make a lot of money. What matters is are people going to go see it?
0: Yeah. Well, I, 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 I mean. I, I, strategic is the word that. You know jumps out to me. I, I don't think I'm with you there. Again, it's kind of what we talked about. It's, it's corporate Tom Brady there. I, do I think that. You know, yeah, retirement's real, all of that. But do I think it's a total coincidence that, yes, on a Tuesday of the release of the film that he's behind and involved in and all that, that that was the day he did it just, like, totally oblivious and not even thinking about the movie and the, the repercussions of that? No, I have a hard time believing that. Right. That's, the you know, the guy in me that questions things in life. Certainly that's one of the first things you think about when you kind of really unpack it. But I think also, too, like – uh, you know, you, going back to what you said, the Browns game during the season, I think he's a guy that's ultra focused too, and that he just doesn't let his mind go there. You know, he doesn't want to do that. He doesn't want to talk about retirement, you know, to Rodney Harrison, you know, before a game when he's focused on the game. That's what's made Brady great. He's got laser focus that's unlike any human we've seen, really, in a lot of ways. So I think there's that. And also, he's also the type of guy that. You know, he wants to just go out and play football. He doesn't want everybody, oh, hey, Tom, this might be your last game. Let me come over here and shake your hand and kiss the ring. And he's also, he's old school that way, where I respect him in that manner. I don't think he wanted it to be all about him, you know, coming down the stretch. So, you know, I think, again, the retirement's real, strategic, timing, video, movie, all that, yes, yeah, certainly worth questioning, uh, you know, but 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 yeah, I, I don't, I don't, after that, I don't question anything else, I guess is what I'm saying, Mike.
1: What what you said fits with what I had always heard. He doesn't want to have a farewell tour. I think he said that himself right. because he right. gets too emotional. He loses focus on the game. So he didn't have a farewell tour yeah. because we spent most of the back half of the season thinking he was going to play another year. So there wasn't a Tom Brady farewell. It was a farewell from Tampa, if anything. So the other point that I have, and then and then we're going to unpack what this means going forward. He said in the past, the last thing he wants to do is turn on a game and say, these guys suck. I'm better than they are. I could still play. He didn't want to retire at a point where that would still be his mindset. And it's not like he can avoid watching games on TV. He's going to be at one every week. Now, he'll be at the best one that Fox has to offer every week. So he may not see crappy quarterback play on a regular basis, but you know, if he starts working for Fox in 2023 and we don't know whether he's going to take a year off or go straight into it, he's going to potentially be tormented. Chris. Yeah. If he sees guys out there playing and thinks I can still do it and, and see, that's where I settled after talking about it and thinking about it yesterday, he's telling the truth as he believes the truth to be right now. He believes he's done for good, but he doesn't know how he's going to feel in the future. Nobody knows how he's going to feel in the future. When July, August, September roll around, when, when April and May roll around and teams are back doing their offseason workouts, right, is he going to feel differently about it? Particularly training camp, is he going to feel differently? And is he going to say, "Well, oh, you know what, maybe, I, maybe, I, uh, maybe I've changed my mind? And that's okay if he does. It's, it's, there's no crime in it, but we just have to acknowledge and accept that he's human, and he could change his mind at some point down the road. Especially once he realizes, as he said himself, there's a lot of bad football out there, and he's still capable of playing some good football under the right circumstances.
0: Yeah, he. he I mean, he is. And he's going to be tormented. I mean, that's just that's part of it. He's definitely. I mean, I, th- I think a lot of the the great quarterbacks of all time have kind of gone gone through that. I watched my dad. I got to experience in my eighth grade year of my life and watch him. You know, be tormented by. What well, should I come back and play? I can still do it. I'm better than some of these guys. I should do it. So it's it's naturally a part of it. Let alone this is Tom Brady. This is you know one of the greatest competitors of all time. Uh, but yeah, I the the question is is it to get to the point where yeah, like you're talking about, does it give him the itch to start snooping around again? And I would hope not. I would hope he has gotten to the point here where. You know, he's fulfilled, you know, his his body, his soul with, you know, football to the utmost. And he can be happy with his career and walk away and go, I had the greatest career in the history of the NFL. It's not even close, but that's easier said than done for a guy that loves a sport. He's been addicted to it. uh, He's definitely going to have some mornings where there's going to be some frustration or it'll pop in his brain a little bit.
1: I also think that the last time he won a Super Bowl, 55, with the Buccaneers, his first year with Tampa Bay, I think he underestimated just how difficult it is to get back there and win it. Uh, and, you know, maybe, maybe if he had a chance to do things differently, I don't know, would he would he call it quits after Super Bowl 55? I don't know. But I think he's realized the past couple of years, it's damn hard to get there. And you don't have to cap your career with one. Guys who have never won one, go ahead and cap your career with one. That's great. Hollywood ending. Uh, Ultimate Hollywood ending is to walk away with seven rings, more than anybody else, more than anyone's ever going to have in our lifetimes. Who knows when someone's going to pull that off again? So uh, let's assume that he's done for good. But that one small caveat for me, he has the right to change his mind, and maybe he will as time goes by. Okay, so Buccaneers now. Blaine Gabbert's a free agent. Tom Brady's retired. Kyle Trask, the only quarterback under contract, and he's never taken a snap in a regular season game. What do they do as they try to move forward? They still don't have an offensive coordinator. They're in a a definite state of transition. It's not like you're going to attract Aaron Rodgers to Tampa Bay right now. Do you try to find one of these mid-level veterans? Do you give Kyle Trask a shot? Do you draft somebody else? What would you do if you were the Bucs?
0: Yeah, oh, I mean, I, I think, you know, everything's possible as it stands right now. I mean, one, I we kind of discuss towards the end of the year, not that they're a team that's got to be rebuilt, but they definitely need, you know, some, some new life in there and some new pieces on their football team. I think we saw their, their team kind of age in front of us just, you know, as the season went on this year. Uh, but, I, I mean, I, I, anything's possible. It's hard to answer or know what the hell they're going to do. I have a hard time thinking Kyle Trask is just going to be the guy. So, yeah, I, I would think that, hey, draft and, and high-end free agent are, are definite possibilities. But I don't know how you can even kind of go down that road yet or at least be too far down that road without knowing who your offensive coordinator is and kind of what your vision on the offensive side of the ball so, you know, there's a lot of work to be done there in Tampa. And 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 I really don't know or don't have a feel for kind of where it could go. It, it's hard to figure it out right now. I could see them taking the, hey, let's start new, let's draft a quarterback and just try to, you know, kind of rebuild the team and, and get younger and go that way. Or do they go, hey, I think if we, you know, get healthy and get a free agent here and there and we get a pretty good, you know, free agent quarterback out there we think we can be back in the mix of things I think that's what they got to figure out I think I'm a little bit more along the lines of like I think you might need to start new and just kind of restart your team instead of trying to put a band-aid on this team we got right now Um, but that's kind of my thoughts on the situation Mike how do you feel about it
1: yeah I look. I think they have a ton of issues that they are definitely in rebuilding mode. They are paying the bill, and it's more dramatic and more obvious than the rams bill and the Rams bill came due far sooner than anyone thought. This is the one that they expect. This yeah. is the one that as you're as you're drunk on the boat, throwing the Trophy around and really enjoying that Super Bowl 55 win. That's one that you know is coming. This is the hangover that they knew was coming. When Tom Brady walks away, we're not going to be able to fill the state. Remember last year when he came back, they were selling season tickets with a two-year with commitment. With packages, right? They, they, yeah. knew. They, they knew. They knew that they're going to have a hard time. They're going to go back to the days where I remember being in the viewing room where we get the raw feed and we don't see commercials and during halftime we get different views of the stadium. I remember one Buccaneers game where they had a wide angle shot from one end zone at halftime of a game. And, and I know people leave, uh, you know, but there was nobody in the stadium. There was yeah. nobody there. Nobody was there uh, in a like October, November game on a nice day in Florida. Nobody was there because the team was just bad. And uh, they're going to go back to that. They're going to have a hard time. And and it's not something that there's no quick fix out there. There's no F them picks. They just have to try to build something. And you're going to have guys that want to move on. You're going to have. And, and, you know, I guess the, the key is just embrace it. Understand what it is. L- like we were saying earlier, when you're in that collision, just kind of go with it. Accept that in the short term. There's going to be some pain there. Don't fight it. Don't get desperate in your effort to try to push back against what what you knew was coming just deal with it and make the best of it and try to lay the foundation for the future that's all they can do that's all they can do they still have to compete they had their they had their great run with Tom Brady and now it's over and now they go back to trying to figure out how to be competitive good news is they're in a bad division so it's not as daunting as being in the NFC East or somewhere like that and and maybe they can get it figured out but you know it's it's gonna be a ton of pressure on Todd Bowles Chris and his hot seats go for 2023
0: well right that's right. That's another aspect of If it of bottoms this.
1: out, if they're 3-14, and 4-13, he's probably done after 2020.
0: Right, which then goes, like, is he going to really be in favor of, oh, yeah, let's draft a young quarterback and do the rookie thing, right? He's just going to go, well, damn, then I'm going to get fired at the end of the year because we probably won't be that good and we are rebuilding. Uh, that, that, that's that's what I mean. This one's it's tough to call there. There's a lot of moving parts here. It just It's hard to kind of feel the direction of where they're going. Now, Mike Evans is definitely not the same. Chris Godwin, you know, it, it wasn't the same this year, and 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 again, he's got an expensive contract, and who knows what the future holds there. After that, you know, there's there's no big time receiver on the roster. Running back, yeah, we saw, you know, Vaughn or uh, yeah, was it Vaughn or you know, one of the young running backs kind of come along this year, but Fournette, that's kind of done. Donovan Smith at left tackle, whoa, there's issues there, you know, the defensive line. Uh, Levante David, I mean, they got they got little pieces everywhere that kind of need to be, you know, retooled or at least get younger at. Um, but I don't know what they're going to do with this quarterback situation. I think the offensive coordinator thing will be the first telltale sign as far as where they're going to go here.
1: And when you've got veteran players who's had, who've had a taste of being on a good contending team and won a Super Bowl and were in the divisional round and playoffs three straight years, they don't want to go back to being an also-ran, and they're Definitely. going to start looking right. at their options and right. considering whether or not there's something else for them out there. All right, so uh, one of the ripple effects beyond Tampa Bay right, with Tom Brady retiring, it 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 puts the Raiders in a different mindset because, as I understand it, from talking to someone with knowledge of the dynamics of what the Raiders are doing, and I know you, pe- you, you know people out there as well, Chris. They were going to try to get Brady, and, uh, and no guarantee you're going to get him, they were gonna try. Now he's off the board. I think Aaron Rodgers is in play for the Raiders. First, he's gotta to want to leave the Packers or get the hint that the Packers want him to leave. Second, he's gotta not go to the Jets and Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah. And 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 again, I don't know that this you know, you were talking earlier about Aaron Rodgers and Mike McDaniel. I don't know that Aaron Rodgers and Josh McDaniels yeah. would work either. Right. When you consider the McDaniels coaching style and the Rodgers personality formula that may not be a natural fit
0: i i definitely would want to get my popcorn ready for that one uh and, you know not to <laughs> not to say that they can't do it but like yeah those are two you know i don't want to say stubborn but just like eh, stuck in their ways you know, rogers is he going to want to go there and learn that system that you know we've talked about a lot it's it's going to be a total that Like, total, whoa, mind-blown, I can't believe this is what you call this formation and this play, and it's nothing like I used to call offensive plays in the huddle. So there's going to be that, and let alone it's going to be, again, the New England way, where it's going to be like, hey, listen, no, we run this play this way, we do this right here, we check to this, All right, we, no, we got six Super Bowls and a bunch of and a, AFC Championship games to tell you this is the way you do it. This is the, this is the way. We know that. And then they, you know, yeah, you're going to have Rodgers going to be like, "No, no, I used to just check to the slant route here." That's it. And they're going to be like, "No, we got something better than that." And that's where I don't know. I don't get I don't under, I don't know where that goes. And then as we talked about just like with Brady, you know, the the same thing with Rodgers, it's just, you know, the conversation of compensation, how much money, how much longer he's going to play, all those things are are dicey. I can understand them flirting and thinking about it, but Gosh, I'd be scared, too. I would be. Because, again, if it doesn't work, a lot of the times it's going to be it, – it, the blame is not going to go to Aaron Rodgers. That's where I would you know, go, oh, okay, you know, coaches of the Raiders, you sure? Because if it doesn't go great, you're going to be the ones that everyone's going to look at and go, damn, they had Aaron Rodgers and they couldn't even win or go to the playoffs or he didn't even have a good year. And then you're going to be under the spotlight and your butt's going to be on the hot seat. That's what you got to worry about, at least in my opinion, Mike. Hey, Chris, I think this is one of the reasons why Aaron
1: Rodgers had the parachute on, goggles down, helmet strapped into place and didn't jump out of the plane last year. Because if he goes somewhere else and it doesn't work, then the narrative pivots from the Packers have consistently failed him to maybe he's part of the reason why the Packers never got back to another Super Bowl. Um, Another thing about the Raiders, because I I don't know what Rodgers is going to do. Yeah. And we talked earlier about his comment on Pat McAfee's show that conversations are happening and they're not involving him, and that that's interesting to him. I mean, look, at the end of the day, he's got to want to go to wherever they're going to trade him, even if you have a no-trade clause or if you don't have one. Excuse me. If you don't have one, as a franchise quarterback, it doesn't matter if you don't have one. Because if you don't want to play for that team, that team is not trading for you. That's right. And this is the other thing Roger's is going to have to do. Before we pivot to this this other point I want to make. Yeah. Rogers, I think, is a creature of habit. Rogers doesn't want to change his whole life around I hear that right you know right. it comes through and this is where this is where smart guy Rogers maybe isn't as smart as he needs to be because in his power play, his ransom note, all these guys that he's comfortable with, that he wants to have on the Green Bay Packers, you're letting people know that you're not someone that wants to pull up your roots and go join a completely new football organization. You want some familiarity in your life. And ideally, you want to have guys around you with whom you're familiar. And failing that, you want to be in familiar places. You don't and familiar faces, even if it's not the guys that are on your team. You don't want to uproot your life and completely at this age. I'm too old for this crap. I don't want to go to a new team right. and have everything change. Right. And also, if he goes to a new team, there's going to be a greater expectation that he shows up for everything, not just the mandatory stuff, but the off-season program. We know he doesn't like doing that. So, I just I think at the end of the day. And this is where it becomes popcorn ready material for what's going on in Green Bay. If he feels like they're trying to push him out, and he wants to
0: stay, oh boy, what's going to happen there? Yeah, right. I, I know. There's a lot here that can go on, and, and, you know. And, and, and I know he made the com- the comment on McAfee's show about you know it seems like there's conversations about trades or whatever that are going on, and he finds that interesting. Well, you know what I, I want to say is. You know, one, hey, they're they're gonna they're gonna let you in on anything here, but two, like, I, of course they're having conversations a little. What what like the NFL's moving along; they're going. Teams are gonna go all Green Bay and go, hey, we're trying to figure out our team. We know he's waiting forever, but we gotta worry about the 2023 season. So those conversations are, of course, gonna happen. Like at least the start of them. You know, to at least get a little bit of a feel for oh wait, there's some interest and what would we be asking? Like I, I would think they'd have to be going on. You know, they can't wait two or three more weeks to where oh wait oh oh wait man he's not he's not interested guys damn those other four quarterbacks we were interested that we didn't talk to because we were all in on Rodgers. he you know he uh, he's not coming we're screwed guys 2023 season's over we can't find a quarterback. I mean, well, of course, the whole league's not going to stop just because you said you want to be involved in the, the trade conversation. I think that's kind of ridiculous, actually. That's that's uh, you know, Of course there's something going on there, Mike. Am I crazy to say that? Well,
1: you're not crazy to say it, but here's where I think the Packers are getting it wrong, and this is the connective tissue back to the Raiders and Derek Carr because I want to make a comment and an observation about yeah. what's going on with the Raiders, right. and I think there's relevance to what's going on with the Packers. I think in both situations where – There is some interest in a possible trade. And the teams are talking, but the players aren't involved yet. That was the news earlier this week. We broke it down the day that you were out. Yeah. That the the Raiders have refused to give Derek Carr permission to talk to any teams about a possible trade. Why are you not doing what the Texans did last year with Deshaun Watson? It worked out perfectly. The player and his agent, orchestrated the invitations to the table. You had to basically, it was kind of like a cover charge. Like you had to placate the Texans on the way in that you had enough that they would deem acceptable if a trade happens. And then the agent works the interested teams to get the best possible destination for the quarterback. Why not do that? Whether you're the Raiders or the Packers, that's the template now. And look how it worked for the player. And it worked for the team. Doing this and freezing out the player, especially when Carr has a no-trade clause and can put the kibosh on anything whenever he wants, Rodgers has a de facto no-trade clause because nobody wants him around if he doesn't want to be there. I, I, it's They're both misplaying it. And one thing I learned yesterday, I haven't written this yet at PFT, but... I, I thought maybe the Raiders were were just planning to pick up the $40.4 let it vest, and try to trade Derek Carr afterward. Maybe Carr gives up some of the money to allow a trade to happen, kind of the Baker Mayfield thing last year. I think the Raiders are still going to cut him if they can't work something out before the 15th of February. Yeah. All the more reason to let the guy go out and work his deal. Which is exactly what the Packers should be doing with Aaron Rodgers. Both teams should be letting their guy go out and work their deal now.
0: Yeah, I, I don't I don't know either. I don't I don't quite get it. I I don't you know. I'm, I'm like I've only spent a, a day or two here really thinking about it a little. But like with, with the the Derek Carr thing, here's the first thing I would say. And the Raiders, one, there's a reason they're doing this. There's a reason. McDaniel's, you know, Dave Ziegler, the the GM. They're not idiots, so there's a reason, and I don't know what that is. That's where I've been trying to play. Like, mm-hmm. There's got to be a domino effect that they don't like if they let Derek Carr know that maybe, okay, now this team is angling to get Derek Carr, and that might mean they might not get another quarterback they had their eye on. That's where I would go. Again, I don't know, Mike, but I I, I, I do know those guys out there, and they're not dumb. There is some strategic reason, and I just can't quite figure it out or I haven't heard anything to know there. But I would think it's something along those lines, as far as the ripple effect and how it might affect what they want, or something. Uh, but I, I I don't get that either. You would think they would let him, you know, have these conversations to your point there. But they they got to have a reason. It's just I I can't quite figure it out. You you know, do, do you buy what I'm saying there? You know what I'm saying with with what I'm bringing up? I know exactly what you're saying, and I think I know exactly what's going on. Yeah. What do you think? They're
1: dumb. They're not dumb. They're right. not dumb, right. but they're stubborn. And stubborn makes you do dumb things. So I think they're being stubborn in that they want to control this process. And they've yet to come to terms with the fact that they can't control this process because at some point they got to get Derek Carr on board with the process, and he holds the ultimate hammer of, sorry, I'm not agreeing to that trade. Yeah, I'm not waiving my no-trade clause. You've got to let the $40.4 vest as of February 15, and Mark Davis isn't going to let that happen. Mark Davis is not so. in a position like Rob Walton with $70 billion. And also, they need to have the cap space. They need to have the money freed up so they can go get somebody else. Right, That $40.4 is not going to vest. That's my best understanding right now. I thought earlier this week the play was we're just going to let it vest and we're going to trade him with everyone understanding. He's due to make $40.4 million, fully guaranteed over the next two years. Grand scheme of things, it's not that much money. Somebody out there is going to take it on. Maybe we'll pay a little bit of it to get the draft pick we want. Maybe Carr will give up some of his money. I saw somebody suggest recently that Carr wants to be traded and not cut to save face. Now that is stubborn to the point of dumb because you're better off being cut. Who cares what people think? Oh, he got cut by the Raiders. Yeah, and he was able to go out and get more money on the open market than he would have gotten from a team that had to give up a pick or two to get him, because they're going to give you more if they don't have to give up draft picks to get you. So maybe, again, maybe they're playing a psychological game with Derek Carr, but as I understand it right now, they just want to control the process, and they're being stubborn, Chris. Yeah. And that stubborn may blow up in their face.
0: Well, I, I, you know, there, there could be the aspect of, like, so what? We do vests, and we think we could figure out a spot to get him traded and do all that with the current contract and situation, right, where we think we can get that done. And, in fact, we have some teams lined up already that have let us know that that's a possibility. That, that to me, is the other thing. Again, I, I don't know here. This is this is one I haven't heard on the Rumorville yet, right? I haven't heard it, uh, but but I, th- that's just some of the possibilities. You know, I'm with you in the thought that it doesn't seem like a Mark Davis move to let that money vest, but at the same time, I think we got enough teams and quarterback needy teams that you know, two years, forty million dollars ain't that big of a freaking deal. You know, we're going to see guys, are, you know 40 million like we were talking the other day. It's just not going to be that big of a number here in the next year or two at the quarterback position. So I wouldn't be shocked to see them go that way. It just doesn't seem like that's their usual approach, to your point. By the way, Devontae Adams, who joined the Raiders from
1: the Packers last year, has planted his flag in the ground as it relates to where he thinks Aaron Rodgers is going to go. Responding to the question, which neighborhood is Aaron Rodgers moving to, Adams said, mine that was just at midnight today so uh who knows maybe dante (laughs) adams with a little inside information what's happening with aaron Rodgers? but chris like you said aaron Rodgers and josh mcdaniels that's as oil and water as it gets and it would be awesome to see that play out in real time and to hear all the things and all the passive aggressive stuff that you know hey you know what the first thing mcdaniels would say to him I, and you know McDaniels better than I do, but I think one of the first things McDaniels would say is, you know that Tuesday radio thing you do at McAfee? That's done. You can't do that anymore. You, 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 it's not a good idea for you to be out there talking about things about our team and things about
0: yourself. That that That's not good for us strategically. You have to not do that. I, I would agree with that. I, I You know, again, I, I think there's a lot of – coaches that would have that conversation with their quarterbacks. Uh, But, yeah, I would expect that to be one coming from New England, McDaniels, all of that. Yeah, I just don't see that as being something he would love. Certainly would have some talk about, you know, can we not do that anymore? You know, can we not have the State of the Union address for the Las Vegas Raiders team on the Pat McAfee show? I definitely think that conversation would come up. And the challenge is to get Aaron Rodgers to come to that conclusion
1: on his own, not tell him to do it. And again, that's all the more reason to not even have the relationship. If you're not going to make it work that way, if it is going to be people butting heads and not seeing eye to eye, it's not worth it. And you're never going to get along any better than you do the moment the relationship begins. And it could be rocky from the start if they try to do it. Let's take a break. When we return, Jerry Jones shares a little insight on the Cowboys' plans for their offense in 2023 post-Kellen Moore. Talk about that next here on PFT Live.
0: Simsisms. Disclude. I I did not mean to disclude him from those names I discussed before I made my pick. He needs to be in that conversation. Disclude is definitely a new one. Disclude (laughs) is a new
1: one. And I'm fairly confident. I'm pretty sure. I'm fairly sure, confident. Pretty sure. I didn't even know I said it there. That the dictionary discludes that word. Yes. <laughs> By the way, I did some research during a break. There are some unofficial dictionaries that attempt to acknowledge disclude.
0: Disclude, the real baby!
1: do not. Ah, the real dictionaries do not.
0: Simsism.
1: You know, it's funny. I was I was having flashbacks to that day because I started looking again. Is disclude a word? And there are unofficial dictionaries that acknowledge it. The official dictionaries disclude the word disclude. I guess All exclude right. was the, the word was...
0: I was looking for. Exclude, yes. right? No, just, yeah. I couldn't. I or was...
1: something else that ends after dis. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. Disengage. <laughs> disembowel. Yep. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I know. The Cowboys have discluded Kellen Moore from the organization. He landed the next day with the Chargers and Justin Herbert. Here's Jerry Jones from the Senior Bowl talking about what the offense will look like now that Mike McCarthy is calling the plays post-Kellen Moore. Have a listen.
0: But it will uh, be, uh, uh, in principle, uh, the way he operated in Green Bay which I'm sure he'll tell you, evolved. Right,
1: right. And so
0: east. this will have evolved. It'll see, you'll see some Kellen in this, You'll see some Linehan, I'm sure. But you're going to see a lot of, of uh, other things that uh, we haven't seen. Uh, that was appropriate when Mike first came in. This is really appropriate now. Uh, Dak can handle it. And a lot of times, the changes are not what you're adding. It's what you're cutting back on.
1: I wonder if they also asked Jerry Jones, did he get a deer? And if so, how many points were on the rack? How
0: does
1: hunting happen? What hat was on that? You never, isn't that weird? It is. Yeah, You've never seen it. Like it's like a that. different human being at the right. Senior Bowl. At right. the Senior Bowl, it's like it's ultra casual, Jerry Jones, with you say you can't hide money. I say that shot tells us. You can hide
0: money. Uh, well, you're right. Well, you can hide it, and then until he walks on his million dollar bus, and then you go, "Oh shit, he can't hide it." That's right. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah just keep is... away from the bus. And, <laughs> right. Yeah. right. But uh, you know, Jerry's the man. The Cowboys, of course, had a great year. I know it didn't end the way they wanted. Uh, they got to be a little concerned, you know, not with their offense, but also just hey, wait, Dak Prescott played towards the end of the year. That's an issue as well. Uh, I uh, you know Kellen Moore. I don't know what happened there, but either way, Mike McCarthy, you know, was an offensive play caller for a team that won the Super Bowl in Green Bay. Uh, I understand maybe not doing it at first. You know, I I think there was going to be a lot of uh, spotlight and microscope on Mike McCarthy and his offense, let alone there was probably some language things that they were going, wait, Dak just got comfortable in this offense. Do we really want to change everything around? So now Mike McCarthy knows that language and now can put his own spin on things. But yeah, I'm going to be interested to see how this plays out. Definitely. I mean, one of the things that we did not love about Green Bay towards the end of his tenure was the offense in Green Bay. You, you know me. That was when we first started to work together and all that. I was like, whoa, okay, yeah, Green Bay Aaron Rodgers is going to throw slant flat again or double slant, or they're going to just ask him to dance around and make magic and bail us out, right? So uh, I want to see what this offense is going to look like under Mike McCarthy's leadership here and, and the creativity and things he might have added to this offense and over the last few years.
1: Well, and it gets back to the point that we made and that you caught on to after Dak Prescott was injured week one and they had to go with Cooper Rush. The idea that that, – hey, there's a guy that could go to the 49ers, by the way. Cooper Rush, that fits the profile we were talking about earlier. But anyway – the idea that you've got to be more creative with your offense. Well, why aren't you being more creative with your offense with your starting quarterback in there? There's too much of that. We just rely upon our great quarterback to go out there and save the day. Not we're going to do everything we can to scheme a way for him to have great plays, to come up with good ideas that work against the defense we're facing this weekend. The Sean Payton approach. That's the difference. We talked about it yesterday. Definitely. Definitely. The Sean Payton versus Mike McCarthy approach. Payton is always going to stay ahead of the curve, no matter who his quarterback is, and he's never going to say, "Ah, my guy's good enough." He'll
0: figure it out. No, well, he's, he's going to always push. He's going to push himself. He's going to push his guy. All of that, you know. And again, that's where I'm interested to see what this looks like, just from that creativity standpoint. Because, you know, one, we saw, you know, towards the end of the year, and this was kind of one of my things with Dallas. You know, they're, they're they got enough talent to where you know their pass pass offense should be able to stand alone by itself. You know, but but it doesn't. And you can see whenever they got into games where they had to throw the ball a whole lot, they weren't you know necessarily that great, especially against the better defenses in football. So that it, it was always based around their run game. And if their run game wasn't real successful, I just felt like they dropped back and pass and call plays. There was no plan of attack, like we talked about. You know, with the the forty nine er game last week. There was very few plays where I went, wait, I don't, you know, they have an understanding of what the 49ers are doing here, and they're attacking that. You know, As compared to we saw other teams play, the 49ers, the Chiefs, the Raiders, the Dolphins, where I'm going, whoa, they know exactly what they're attacking. right? McVay with the Rams in certain years, I know they were banged up, but they know exactly what they're attacking, and they're putting the 49ers in a bind. And the Cowboys, with Kelvin Moore and that, I just felt like we're like, oh, we're just calling plays. We like this play. It's a good play. Okay, but Washington's defense is doing this. That's not a good play. And there just didn't seem to be an adjustment at the end of the year. So those are the things that I feel like that's where they're frustrated with the offense and why we've seen a lot of changes on their offensive staff. A couple of other quick notes as it relates to the Cowboys.
1: Very, very briefly, just so everyone is paying attention to this. Stephen Jones, the COO of the team, said that they are open to extending the contract to Dak Prescott. That's very important because he signed a very favorable deal. It was only four years. He had them over a barrel. He took full advantage of it. He didn't back off and do a team-friendly deal. He's got a $49 million cap number for this year, and he's only under contract for two more seasons. They can't use the franchise tag the way this thing's structured. So he continues to hold all the cards. It'll be interesting to see how – how hard of a bargain he drives as that moves forward. And secondly, they're still interested in OBJ. They still would like to add him to the team. And the question remains, is he healthy? There's been some workout videos that have popped up recently, although it's hard to glean much from a guy right. who appears to be running fast yeah. on a social media video. <laughs> right. but But they still have interest in adding OBJ, and that would add some – some uh special quality to the offense if he is 100%. Yeah,
0: I, you know, I, I think that you know, that's one thing if you look at look at them and go they they need one more playmaker, right? They don't have the same playmakers the Eagles, or the 49ers, or the Bengals uh, you know have as far as those type of weapons when you think you really stack it up. They're not far off, but you know, but you, you kind of looked at them all year and were like, "All right, well, CD Lamb, he he had a great year. He was awesome, he was tough. That was good to see." But he's not necessarily the guy you go, oh, you could throw a slant to, and he'll make a bunch of people miss and run for 80 yards. And then the Tony Pollard, he was the only other guy you looked at to go, wait, here's a guy that can go above and beyond with what's delivered to him. Uh, So we're seeing. The great football teams have more than one or two of those guys. I think Dallas could use another weapon for sure. It's just going to be about health and how much Odell. We heard enough through people we know in the NFL that – you know, it sounded like he was commanding a, you know, a, a pretty good lump sum of money or wanted that, and that's certainly going to be a big part of this equation with him.
1: Well, that's absolutely right, like $20 million a year or thereabouts. And at some point, he's going to have to show up and show what he can do yeah, to right. get that kind of money. I think at the end of the day, he's going to have to do a one-year deal with somebody before he gets the kind of cash he's Probably. looking for. Let's take a break. We're going to rip through some of the other news from around the NFL, including what the Bears want to see from Justin Fields in the 2023 season. We'll do that next here on TFT Live.
0: There's no place like the movie theater. The smell of fresh popcorn welcomes you to a full-body experience while candies and sodas compete for your attention. Pick me! Pick me! Hoping to join you in the best seats you've reserved on Fandango. It's where movie lovers buy tickets, pick seats, and double up on rewards points all online. All that's left is to walk in, snack up, and sit back. Visit Fandango.com or download the app today for your ticket to the movies.
1: Bears offensive coordinator Luke Getze on Justin Fields running the ball. He said this yesterday. It's got to be part of who you are, but it's hard for it to be who you are. You just don't last. He's really, really good at it. He's good at a lot of things. We've got to make sure we tap into each one of those things, but that for sure has to be part of who we are going forward, and and that shows concern for The player. That's right. You can't just be a running quarterback. You won't last as a running quarterback. You'll last as long as a running back does. And at some point, we saw this with Steve McNair and Steve Young, the evolution from running quarterback to pocket quarterback. And if Justin Fields wants to play deep into his 30s, at some point he's going to have to be more about throwing than running because the legs are going to go before the arm does. But that's the challenge for the Bears now. Embracing what he can do as a runner, but also – Working on drawing more out of him as a passer. He's got the potential. You don't want the running to become a crutch, an easy thing that you do. That play in Madden that you always resort to when in doubt, just do the thing where the one guy who can run circles around everyone does it. No, at some point, you got to refine your game. You got to expand your skill set. And that's the challenge for the Bears moving
0: forward. That, 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 that's right. You said it right. And, and again, he's improving in the drop back passing area, right? There's still work to be done. But you, know, you do frame, I think, a lot of your offense around the number one thing that he does right now, and that's running. And that doesn't mean just because you frame it around that that you have to run him 20 times a game, right? I mean, that that's the beauty about the running quarterback is you just have to have the threat of it. As long as the threat's viable, then that still gets the effect on the defense that you want and gets them to play defenses they don't want that are going to open up a whole bunch of plays for the rest of your offense. So it is. It's finding that sweet spot of, hey, yeah, maybe he only carries the ball eight, ten times a game, but, you know, we have a lot of plays off of those quarterback run designs and things that scare you to where now, all right, hey, you're playing us and Justin Fields and you're playing run defenses 90% of the game because you're so worried about that quarterback design run and now he's tearing you up in the pass game. And they started to do that, that New England game Monday night, right? And we all got excited And they got something elite in Justin Fields and what he can do in that department. That's right. It's like crazy when people are talking about, well, maybe they should trade away the pick and, you know, trade away Justin Fields and, or maybe they should get uh, Bryce Young and, and trade away Justin Fields. Like, are you kidding me? Get the heck out of here. We're looking at one of the guys that might be the greatest running quarterback in the history of football. You don't trade that away. He's got special elite attributes that you can build something special off of. You don't trade that for a guy that we don't know what's going to be like in the NFL, and he's smaller, and we'd be worried about that as well. So, uh, you know, good for Luke Getze. I think he said it right.
1: Yeah, look, you scratch off a lottery ticket, you have a winner. There's an obligation to having that winner, and you don't throw it back for another lottery ticket. You scratch off and hope to get another winner. So it seems that they are doing the smart thing and moving forward with Justin Fields. Are the Falcons moving forward with Desmond Ritter as their quarterback? Terry Fontenot, the team's GM, entering his third year, told the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, we've got two quarterbacks on the roster. We're excited about where we are, but yet we're going to add players. You have teams that put... A lot of cap space at that position, and some teams that don't. I will say, we always want to keep adding to the group. And they're at a point now where, you know, the bulk of the cap space last year was devoted to Matt Ryan. They're out from under that now, uh, so they can devote some cap space to a quarterback. They've got Desmond Ritter for three more years under his rookie contract. I don't expect Marcus Mariota to be back, and, uh, you know, we'll see where it goes. But they have some of the flexibility to get in the mix for one of these veteran guys. That is available, and the question is, what kind of a move do they make? How aggressive do they want to be? Do they get in the Derek Carr sweepstakes, for example? Do they make a call for Aaron Rodgers? Although I can't imagine Aaron Rodgers being interested in Atlanta right now, but but who knows? They've got that flexibility if they want to pursue yes. those paths.
0: They are getting a quarterback. The quarterback, the starting quarterback of the Atlanta Falcons, is not on their roster. And Terry Fontenot. I got a lot of respect for him. He can say all he wants, you know, but that that that's I know. So they're going to be in the mix, you know. Here's here's one: they're in the sweet spot for drafting a quarterback. And again, their team is not necessarily ready right now, right? We like some of their pieces. I think they've exceeded our expectations as far as how competitive they are. And I think that's a big reason is because Arthur Smith is a phenomenal game manager and understands how to play to the strengths and weaknesses of his football team. Very Mike Vrabel-ish, right? So that's where. You know, they have the flexibility. And at, at pick number eight, yeah, they could, they're could. they going to be a quarterback there or maybe they'll have to draw, trade up a little bit. But I think more than likely there'll still be somebody there at number eight. There's that aspect. And then here's the other thing that, uh, again, I, I've thrown out one team here, but what's going to happen with Lamar Jackson and the Ravens? Man, I mean, Atlanta would be perfect for Lamar Jackson. They want a trade partner and do something like that. You know, they want to run the ball, right, and play smash-mouth football, and now you got a guy that's, oh, like the offense they tried to run this year with Marcus Mariota, except this guy's way faster and a better thrower and a better quarterback and a superstar. It's another one where I just go, that'd be one of the teams I'd look at, you know, as far as Lamar and just got a little star next to it to go, oh, I could see that maybe happening there. Um, but I-, I think they got some options to your point, Mike.
1: And, you know, you've got an owner of that team who's been doing it for 20 years, and he's cycled through some quarterbacks, and they've gotten close, but they've never closed the deal, and he may want to be aggressive. He may be at a point where he says, let's just right. go do it. Right, Let's roll the dice. Let's see what happens. Let's make that that splash. And, and you see some of the shots of the stadium in Atlanta, that well, beautiful
0: stadium. This is right. about four or five years old. Not a lot of people at those games. No, that's where I think the you know again the value of a black quarterback down in Atlanta is real. It's real, you know. I don't really give a damn what color quarterbacks are. I just look at them and go, damn, this guy's good. This guy, blah blah blah. But you know, color of the skin, Atlanta, Lamar Jackson, the history of Michael Michael Vick, all of that. That's going to put butts in the seats. To your point, you know. And of course, we know Atlanta is one of the more highly populated African American cities. So yeah, of course, hey, they're gonna like to see African American quarter, quarterback. That makes sense. It makes sense, and from that standpoint, let alone I think it makes schematical sense. But yeah, they're gonna have some money, some options, and and even draft pick options here to make something happen. But the Atlanta one is definitely one that you know percolates in my brain a little bit from time to time. Bottom line,
1: Arthur Blank wants to win football games. Yep. Of the quarterbacks that are available out there, if you're willing to make the investment of the draft picks, because you may have to give up yeah. two first-rounders mm-hmm. to get Lamar Jackson. You may have to give him a contract that that you, you may be a little uncomfortable paying, especially if he insists on five years fully guaranteed. But you talk about Mike, they went from Mike Vick to Matt Ryan. They had – I mean, think about it. Arthur Blank's 20 years as owner. He had Mike Vick. He had one year without him. Then Matt Ryan. He had one year with neither. And I think he's going to want to get back to having a high-end quarterback. Well, whether it happens through the draft or whether it happens through free agency,
0: we we and, saw that um, with Deshaun you know, Watson last year. Used to that, right? I mean, we saw it last year. They've already told us that they're into that. So uh, I'm with you, Mike, and what you're saying there. They're they're a team to watch out for. I think to be make a big move uh, at that position
1: Matt Ryan was going to be the quarterback of the Falcons last year there was a report that they had restructured his contract to create cap space so they could keep him in Atlanta and then came the Deshaun Watson opportunity it blew up the relationship with Matt Ryan and based upon how Matt Ryan played in Indianapolis they're probably happy it blew up when it did but yeah Arthur Blank is used to having a franchise quarterback so I look for him to try to get one let's take a break more PFT live right after this All right. Welcome back to PFT Live. We're getting ready to go to Arizona for the Super Bowl. I'm actually staying for the game. Chris will leave and go home. and watch it from his palatial estate in in uh, old school Greenwich. (laughs) Regardless, we're going to be consuming the event, whether in person or on TV. What are the things we're most pumped about for Super Bowl 57? Chris, you're up.
0: Well, I, I I think the thing I'm I'm like most pumped about is first just like the matchup of I'm football is what I get most pumped about and like the the greatest sack defense we've ever seen in the history of football in the Philadelphia Eagles, other than the '85 Bears, versus an offensive line that's worth hundreds of millions of dollars and really damn good, and coached by an XO line coach and Andy Reed who understands how to pick up blitzes and do all those types of things. Now, I'm interested to see that matchup right there. I know that's kind of basic or whatever, but man, is that that's going to be a key to the football game. Uh, and and how Philadelphia plays that? Are they going to be as aggressive and play five man fronts as much as they do? You know this whole season. You know I'd, I'd go okay, yeah. You might get a little pressure, but you'll have one less guy in coverage, and that's a little scary against this guy wearing red with the one and five on his jersey. So I'm just interested to see that approach and from both teams and kind of how that part of the matchup shakes out.
1: Yeah, I I'm I'm uh above all else excited to see another game in person with Patrick Mahomes with one goat gone the new goat trying to begin the process of inching toward huge difference between one and two Super Bowl wins didn't get the second one because that gave Tom Brady number seven two years ago now's his chance to get ring number two then you go for three then you go for four I mean before you know it you're chipping away. And if anybody currently in the game has a chance to chip away at the seven, it's Patrick Mahomes. But when you have that opportunity, you can't squander it. He's got to get number two now. It becomes infinitely harder to ever have a chance of catching him if you don't get number two now. And I think he knows it. That determination we saw from him in the AFC Championship to play through that injury, he knows the importance of getting the job done and getting that next championship. He knows how hard it's been—a three long years since he got his first one. That quest for him to start down that path toward Tom Brady—that's what
0: I'm most excited about. Yeah, that, that's uh, you know, it's it's a good one, and I'm I'm with you there. I I was you know kind of tossing around my own thing like maybe do I go with something? Mahomes is he's can't miss TV. He's to me, up there as far as the most exciting sports athlete to watch in the world right now, certainly in our country, and the most popular one playing our sport, not named Tom Brady. And, and what he's doing to me is, in a lot of ways, I don't care that he didn't win the Super Bowls or has as many as Brady at this point. You know, this is different. That's what's kind of cool. They're kind of doing it, you know, not with machine robots like New England. This is personality and fun, and we just, hey, it's a big game, and we're going to show up and get it done. And it's all around this guy who's just makes shit happen at quarterback at 15, and it's not always about perfect game plan, and we run the ball up the middle, and we manage it. That's where it's different. It's because of him and how special he is. That's why they're there again. So I'm with you there. It can't miss that way. Um, I guess I'm the other thing I'm pumped about is, It is, I I think, kind of the fanfare around Andy Reid, the Andy Reid Bowl here. Just this, all of the. You know, I, the pregame on Fox, I'm sure this is going to be a big part of just, hey, Andy Reid, his life in Philadelphia, the transition to the Chiefs, and the fact that, again, this is rare that this happens. I don't know, Mike, am I wrong to think that Dan Reeves is the only guy I can remember that's, you know, coaching another team and playing against his ex team in the Super Bowl that he, you know, once brought to the Super Bowl? I think that's a really cool story, and, you know, I'm, 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 I'm pumped for Andy Reid that he's finally getting the, the notoriety as one of the, the best coaches we've ever seen.
1: 24 years as a head coach, 14 with the Eagles and 10 with the Chiefs, and both teams in the past decade have gotten a Super Bowl win. But, yeah, I think you're right. Reeves is the only one that's been in that situation. Next one for me is kind of the national stage for these Eagles because they're so different from – the last Eagles, different yeah. coach, yeah. different quarterback. I know there are some similarities, some players that are still there that were key part of the last team. Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, Fletcher Cox still there, etc. But the whole Jalen Hurts, Nick Sirianni, like the new kids on the block, just that whole, you know, it elevates, it changes your perception when you go through that whole week of build up to a Super Bowl. And Hertz and Sirianni get etched into that short list of truly elite talent. Will they have staying power? Will it be a fluke? Will they build around Jalen Hertz? And Sirianni's got a very colorful personality that hasn't been fully appreciated yet. And I think we'll see some of that come out because there's so many media availabilities. He'll probably have some funny quotes, some funny moments throughout the week. We'll get to know those guys a lot better than we have over the course of the season. That's part of the fun for me. When you get a team, even though the Eagles were just there five years ago, they're so different. It's like a team that's never been there before.
0: Yeah, I I, I, I hear you there. There's some new blood here. I mean, even Mike, it's crazy. It's a lot of new blood on the Eagles. Even for the Chiefs, they were in the Super Bowl two years ago. It, it's like the, the whole team's gone. You know, that's the other amazing thing. Back to your Patrick Mahomes pick. The team is – they went to the AFC Championship game in 2021. Half that team's gone. It doesn't even matter. You know, they're, so, yeah, there's, there's a lot of cool personalities and I think some fresh stories that are, you know, going to be fun for all NFL fans to kind of unpack next week.
1: We'll take a quick break, and we'll do the final round of the draft of the things we're most pumped about for Super Bowl 57 right after this. All right, things we're most pumped about for Super Bowl 57. One more pick each in this very highly specific, detailed, analytical draft that we have for today. Chris, what do you have? But it's still fun.
0: Uh, it, it, it is. I mean, I, that's why I, I, like, I've picked two football-y things, right, where I, I feel like I want to pick something else or at least something through there. And you know what I'm going to say I'm pumped about? I'm, I'm pumped about my fellow Jersey, North Jersey guy that I've known since he was a little kid, right? Went to my rival high school, used to see his little punk ass running around as a seventh and eighth grader with the water bottle and all that, and I say that with love. Greg Olson announcing the game for Fox. Right, yeah, he went to my rival high school. His dad was my rival head coach, right, for Wayne Hills High School. Uh, Great family. Got tremendous respect for them, Uh, tremendous respect for him as a player, and then what he has done as an announcer here. I mean, Greg Olson's damn good. I, I really enjoy it, you know i I, I wondered how quickly he can make the transition and how good he become. But man, I enjoy the listen. He's very informative, and uh, I'm pumped to see Greg Olson in action in Super Bowl 57
1: puts a lot of pressure on Tom Brady when he bumps Olson out of that spot. Olson's setting yeah, a high yeah. bar. For Tom Brady and Olsen setting himself up for something big somewhere else because I don't think he's going to be the number two guy at Fox for very long. Last one for me, and I go through this every year, and let me just summarize this without getting all misty or sappy or melodramatic, but I have a moment before every Super Bowl where it just kind of hits me Wait, you're- that yeah. I have no business being here. I have no business being involved in any of this. I was just some fat little dumpy kid that – like football and i do it every year man yeah. i'm sorry to get emotional about it but i never thought i'd live a life like this uh, work with awesome. assholes like you i hear you have fun every day
0: and dreams come true on the super bowl and, and you're a skinny punk now yeah but either way yeah super bowl 57 wasn't back then <laughs> have a great day see you see tomorrow